The Koi Gig Pod. I'm laughing because I was listening to a conversation that the City Girls were having and they were just going on about this throw-in. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's our weapon in the World Cup. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. Delighted to say Pearl Slattery is with us in studio this morning, uh, fresh from celebrating a double. How are you feeling? I feel great. Not so fresh yet, but uh, yeah, look, it was an incredible weekend. Um, unbelievable to do the double. Like, you know, been a long season, but to come out, I suppose, with the two trophies that were up for grabs, just an amazing feeling. It wasn't one of those doubles where you win the league early in the season and you focus on the cup or something like that. It was down to the wire the last day um, for both games and against the Athlone side who were driving you on in the league and then in the uh, cup as well. So the last couple of weeks, what was that like? Yeah, look, I've said to the girls and said to everyone, we were under a lot of pressure the last few weeks, like especially because we'd been on you know such a good run throughout the season. We had a a big lead at one stage and then probably hit a dip at the wrong time um, and then coming into the, the final few weeks of the game you know we had to win every game so we we're in that look under I suppose enormous uh, a lot of pressure and uh, to go I suppose from the DLR game Sligo to beat Wexford then down there which isn't easy for a league title knowing you had to win or possibly a draw if Atlone had a slipped up in the other game which they didn't so to go down to Wexford last week and and beat them the way we did and put the f- performance that we did under that pressure was immense really and then to come into the cup final against as you said a really really good at Lone side who've done incredible this season um, yeah to get a double was just a crazy feeling I remember last year for the final the cup final there was it was 3,000 the crowd last year and you're thinking that that is brilliant yeah. but then this year over 5,000 I mean yeah. to break the record but not just break it but smash it was a really really good sign yeah and no, that was brilliant actually we were having a laugh before the game you know we were trying to guess what the attendance would be and a lot of us were saying you know 4,000 four and a half like so to go above last year but go to 5,000 is brilliant because obviously when we heard about the men's fixtures being moved to the same day kind of worry will that affect the cup final and it didn't which was brilliant like um, you know in fairness that alone they brought a great crowd and I suppose everyone's seeing all year the, the support we've kind of got and then a lot of neutrals as well around around the stadium but great atmosphere on the day um, and looks brilliant for women's football isn't it like How do you come down from <clears throat> the high of winning the league get everybody back focused and then back up again or do you just try and ride the wave for the whole week and go right let's not come down let's get everybody keep like very intense and keep going what, what's that like, what's the balance Yeah it is a challenge I think you have to just continue what we were doing and that's what we said kind of as I've mentioned with the DLR Sligo actual game we just had to keep doing what we were doing um, and last year probably people said you know I suppose with the how the league ended last year we probably celebrated for too long last year where it was like two days straight and Noel came out I think in a few of his interviews and said look it was only a one night when we won the league this year but I think you just have to ride the wave continue doing what we we're doing enjoy the moment we just became league champions um, yeah so that, so that the experience is not to go completely mental you go a little bit mental yeah but look, look I always look back at last year because you know the way we won the league was so special yeah. we wouldn't change a thing like that weekend last last year will live long in, in, in our memories for the rest of our lives, you know. But I think, look, we enjoyed Saturday night, but, you know, we were in Tolka then on Sunday, supporting on the 17th. Then we went for dinner and then we were in training Monday morning. And again, it's just like a, a normal week. We were training Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, and uh, just continue. Everyone was fit. It's about really resting. You're in your last week. You're not going to get much fitter. It's about just keeping the bodies as fresh as possible coming into it again. You know, after playing a tough game in Wexford against, you know, coming into a tough game against that Lowney 
were fit, young. Um, and yeah, look, I think putting two great performances and to win a double, as I said, has been incredible. Proper community feel as well. We spoke to Alex Cavanagh about this last week, like about all of Shelburne, everyone, as you say, under 17s games. I know you'll be part of the ultras this weekend for the, <laughs> yeah. the men's final in, in uh, the Viva. Like, but that's such an important thing. And like, you're someone you've 150 odd caps, I think, for, for mm. Shelburne at this stage now. Yeah. Like, it's it's something special is happening at the club. Yeah, look, I've said the last two or three years has probably been, and not just because obviously we won the league last year, the last two or three years has been the best experience I've had in football in the game and I've been around a long time and in fairness to the club, they deserve a lot of credit putting us under the one name but I've said all week as well, it's very easy to go under the one name but actually doing things right then and being treated the same I suppose and that's all you really want, that equal, the respect and we absolutely get it in the club and just the support we've been getting you know, I've said it, you know, all your airway games really feel like home games you get that much support and then we've had incredible numbers come out of Tolka I mean the last three or four years I'd have been, we'd have been lucky to get 100 people 150 at the game and that's been over 500 nearly every home game this season but you're right just that real community around the club everyone, it's just that one club vibe now and as you said we were all at the 17th game after winning the league title we'd be all there on Sunday with the lads you know you know, we've been getting lovely messages from the lads and stuff for the last few weeks, you know, coming up to the big game. So there really is that one club feel and we're very lucky. That thing you mentioned about the name, it might seem to some people like a, a small thing, but it's, it's it's so important. Like how, how how crucial is it that it's not the Shelburne women's team, it's just Shelburne. It's all the one. Yeah, it's massive. Look, I think the first year we came in, it's when we came under the one banner, it's like, right, how is this going to look now? It didn't just happen overnight. It took, you know, I think three or four years. But every year it's just getting better and better. And as I said, a lot of the people behind the scenes of the club deserve a lot of credit. Um, the way we're treated at Talca Park, um, the way we're just treated constantly now, it's just been massive for us. And I mean, as the women's team and women's football, that's all he really wants, that respect and to not feel any different that, you know, we get what the lads do. And it, we don't feel like it's Shells women, Shells men. We're just Shelburne FC now, which is, you know, very important. Um, obviously, Shamrock Rovers are coming in to the league this year, and there was some talk that maybe Shamrock Rovers and Peamount might end up being the same entity. That's not going to happen. Peamount are going to stay. Peamount and Shamrock Rovers are going to stay uh, with their own team. Um, it's interesting your instinct about that. Obviously, Rohini and, and Shells did come together, and it's been hugely successful. <clears throat> yeah, look, I think. We were we were Heaney players at the time and when we heard about the Shells thing, we didn't really, similar to P-Mount, we didn't really want to lose their name at the time. And for a lot of us as senior players at that time at Rohini, it was a difficult one, but you look back now and think it was the best thing the club have ever done because at Rohini we only had a senior women's team and Shelbourne all of a sudden were offering all these underage teams and we're reaping the awards of that now. We didn't see it straight away, but you see now in years to come. But look... I'm not obviously involved with P-Mount but I can imagine there's been a lot of hard work that's gone on into the club the last few years and it's very hard to just let that go Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see what players actually go to Rovers do they all stay as P-Mounts I'm not sure but look I think the way the game is going now any League of Ireland men's team who's coming in now and, and going to have a women's team is only good for the league in terms of facilities standards and stuff like that but it's definitely an interesting one to see what, what way it plays out in terms of female going as 2023 Yeah no for sure your your day job is with the FBI is that right? Yeah So what's the what's the impact that you're seeing of the women's team over the last four or five years as the uptick in coverage has happened in terms of participation levels and, and also it's not just participation I guess it's the skill level improving like what what is the actual impact of the uh, increased coverage and the 
perception of the women's team changed in the way it has yeah I think it's just the investment now that's gone into the women's game has been massive like I've always said the last two or three years we were kind of at a tipping point in terms of women's football in the country and we we just needed to qualify for something and now we've done it it's like I can't wait to see now you know how it affects the women's game now going forward in terms of grassroots levelling up but I just think the investment now when you invest in something the women's game's only gone from strength to strength around the world and especially in our country now, which is brilliant. And I obviously work in grassroots and just a number of clubs around the country now have an interest in their sport. And I think it's just, we're just seeing women's football a lot more. As I said, that investment's been massive. And I think we're in a really good place in terms of women's game domestically and with the women's national team. But I think it's important that we don't just stand still now, that we keep striving for better, you know. Yeah, so what does that mean? Does that mean, like, uh, upskilling the coaches, the parents who are volunteering all of a sudden and giving them some... Drills, like what? What's the what's the, what are the nuts and bolts? Because um, Irish football, there's like this breakout moment when Jack Charlton arrives and we qualify for all the tournaments. And retrospectively, if you look back at it, we didn't really take advantage, advantage of that. Yeah. Now, you hope that as a as a race, we've learned that actually what we need to do is make sure that there are loads of qualified coaches going out and giving access to proper training and telling everybody the most important thing is just keep the ball with you all day mm. the, the amount of time you spend with the ball it directly correlates with how good you're going to be with the ball of course like, you yeah, know yeah. Um, and don't be worried about playing other sports too that's okay but just make sure you come back to us and keep them involved for as long as possible like all those lessons that, and also investment the, from the government is key thing right mm. so on a nuts and bolts level what do you think are the most important things that we can do to make sure that we do take advantage of the fact we've qualified for the World Cup I think it's providing everybody the opportunity to stay involved in the sport young girls have an opportunity no matter what their ability is around the country to play football and I, I go back to that investment one it is a big one but as you said it's upskilling making sure you know every club has the opportunity to provide women's football that's a big one and the women's game is no different than anything else it takes hard work it takes good people within clubs it takes you know as you said volunteers so it's how look the amount of requests I get from clubs and it might seem a basic thing to me because I've worked in the FBI for so long but a lot of clubs around the country haven't known how do we start up girls football yeah. do you know what I mean we have a few girls at the academy but how do we actually do it as you said a lot of people that are involved in the women's game and the women's clubs around the country our parents are people who are probably not as educated as much so it's as, as you said providing that education to them and whatever I suppose whatever way they want to get involved in the game whether that's coaching refereeing administrating um, I think there's education piece for it all and it's making sure that we we provide that you know the FEI provide a lot of things but as I said still a lot of clubs around the country that actually don't know what's available and it's making sure that they do know so if, if the advice to the clubs is ask and there is Definitely yeah, like there. we've look, we've a lot of programs as well at grassroots level um, on how to grow participation. But I just find it mad that you know there's still a lot of clubs around it that probably are not that educated on it. Yeah, but definitely I've seen in my role anyway. I would develop a lot of the programs for the clubs on how to get girls into the game, like the Disney Playmakers, and we provide a menu of programs for different age groups now. So it's just getting that education piece out there. As I said, we've a lot of clubs who who do run the programs, but for me, there's still a lot of clubs who could be educated on that and I think we're getting there um, which is important Like uh, as you know we had Joey Malone your assistant manager in with us uh, quite recently and like mm-hmm. he, he spoke very eloquently about the need for maybe professionalism in the game to some degree and, and I know even from like we were talking about it this morning in the meeting like the amount of players you might have lost even from last year's cup final over to England or Scotland or wherever um, 
like, do you think there needs to be some conversation had there in terms of even clubs getting financial incentives when they lose players? At least it, it numbs the, the, the pain of losing a player. You get some money in and they can at least invest it. Yeah, look, I've been around the game for many years, played with Katie and stuff like that. And look at Katie's career now, if there was anything tied down where Rahini or Shells could have got something from Katie, like we all know Irish football, we're not, you know, the money's not, you know, it's not the club's need help they need backing and especially when you're losing like we'd lost Saoirse, Chloe Jesse mid-season break this year we'd lost Emily Weed and Jamie Finn last year and a few others it's getting nothing from them um, it's difficult but as you said for the club it probably eases that pain a little bit if you know you're getting compensation to help the club or to you know <clears throat> support the club when we do lose those players and keep developing the players that we have got there and are supposed to help the club like we wouldn't be making massive money on ticket sales and stuff like that and any compensation would be really good but I suppose you know since I've been with Heaney and Chelsea I've been you know, kind of used to losing players but I definitely think something has to come in for Irish football clubs that when you do lose like you know last year just felt like clubs could just come in and take care of players at any stage which is it's very difficult in how you deal with it I suppose as an experienced player myself, like myself Rachel Noel it's just I suppose making sure the girls there you know and we're very good at that ourselves I feel like at the start of the season girls know that they can play their part no matter who they lose and, but yeah I definitely think the compensation piece would, would help he was talking about making sure that the league is seen as a professional league and so therefore FIFA would say well if you're taking players from a professional league you have to pay for them that would be a good start would it? To get to make the league officially a professional league. Yeah, I think so. But I think I don't know what podcast was it a few weeks ago. It might have been Emma and the girls. But like, what does professional look like? And that's what we need to figure out as Irish clubs. Like, we've always just we've always been, I suppose, amateur and it's supporting the clubs and how we do go professional and making sure that's sustainable. I think that's the important thing for Irish clubs and things for the likes for yourselves. Rovers coming in might be a little bit easier but what about the other clubs in the league and how we support them and make sure it's sustainable for them going forward yeah and that was kind of I think in the in the background of the whole Galway situation as well I just want to ask you about um, Heather O'Reilly coming <coughs> over obviously um, it was a big name it was a massive uh, wealth of experience um, what 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 was that actually like when that happened yeah it was look I was only, obviously you know, celebrating Sunday night and I was, I was speaking to her so I'll never forget the year Heather O'Reilly came and played for us like I never I remember Noel ringing me and telling me and I thought this is you know the most bizarre conversation you know I've ever heard it was just mad like in a fairness to Heather and Noel like she contacted the club which was great it wasn't as if we went and she got in touch with us the club thought well why not in terms of putting a shining light on the league on the women's football um, in this country and look she came in <clears throat> she, she obviously had two kids hadn't played in a few years um, it took her a while to settle in I think and once she did settle in she definitely played her part like I mean her CV her experience speaks for herself so she was brilliant around the group um, she obviously played in Europe with us and then went back to the States for a while and then came in for the last few weeks and fairness to her she's been immense she's been brilliant around the group she's been brilliant with Noel very humble for someone with a CV you know and um, to be able to celebrate I suppose the league and the cup where the last few weeks has been brilliant um, but yeah really bizarre I think but I think great for the league great you know she was a great um, person to have around you know what I used to say to the young girls look 
take as many little nuggets from Heather as you can. She's been there, done it all. Like so. Yeah, like you can't say that it had this massive impact in terms of you guys winning the league and the cup this year from a playing perspective. Mm. It's probably uh, maybe maybe it's longer term, maybe it's nothing, but like it's certainly an experiment worth trying. And who knows what it leads to in the future? Yeah, you're right. I don't think you know in terms of the league and the cup it made a big difference she definitely played her part in Europe and fairness to her when she came back there the last few weeks she was she was flying and you know training was was flying but just in terms I think of shining the light on the league and on shells yeah. I mean the coverage it got the first few weeks was insane which can only be a good thing I think for our league you know You mentioned Europe there that's obviously um, I mean I'm going to give you a little <coughs> while to celebrate and take a bit of time off and enjoy yeah. yourselves but like that has to be major next season where it's like okay uh, last year getting to grips with it fully understanding exactly what the requirements were and what the level is like but next year presumably you'll be feeling a bit more confident about challenging and and taking that challenge on yeah I think look 2016 was the last time we played in Europe so for a lot of the group even for Noel and Joey and stuff like that it was a new experience for the club and we really enjoyed it we learned from it we won the first game and we played the Icelandic team then the second game who were full time and you could just see that they were full time yeah. in the game the first game it took a lot out of us but um, definitely think now you have to build on that you'd want to be doing well now obviously depending on the draw you get but hoping that you get a decent draw that you could I suppose go to the next stage because even I think financially now when we went into 2016 you got a certain we obviously were Rahini at one stage as well got to the last 32 and I know the financial wasn't great at the time but now if we'd have won Air Force two games this year I think the financial gain would have been massive for the club so yeah. that has to be an incentive you know for next year 100% There's a nice split between the experienced heads and the, the younger players as well in, in the Shells team like you're even looking at the likes of Abby Larkin it's Abby 17 or yeah. like for her like speaking of Heather O'Reilly for someone like that just to even have her in the squad like Abby can go for another 15 years or more and to have that experience of even being in a squad with Heather O'Reilly is going to be incalculable. Like that's unbelievable for mm. someone like that. Yeah, no, look, it was massive even for me. Like just to, as I said, the conversations were about our career, how she's still playing. Like, you know, at one stage I was, I'm, I'm the oldest at Shells, and then all of a sudden a 37 year old Heather O'Reilly comes in, and I'm going, well, do you know how have you lasted this long? Like diet training wise. So I was even taking little nuggets, but as I just said for the younger girls, it's been brilliant. But you know, we are lucky with that mix of experience and youth and <clears throat> that's the great thing about the squad this year. I think everybody played their part from experience to, to young players. We'd obviously lost the girls at mid season break and then coming out of Europe we, you know, we'd lost Jess Cargan and Rachel Graham to injuries and young girls had to come in and step up and they just did brilliant and that'd be amazing for their development going forward now for next year for us as well, you know. How important has the coverage been? Because we've spoken before about the fact that, you know, billboards and buses and, and even the T G car coverage as well has been great for the for the WNL. Like the likes of that and the marketing and the P- PR and, and, and we saw it with the women's team as well seeing the likes of Katie McCabe and Denise O'Sullivan on buses like creating actual role models and faces and names that, that uh, young people can remember is so important yeah it's seeing it, isn't it I think that's the biggest thing now I think this year we got 10 league games on, on TG Car which is unbelievable and I don't know if you've seen the you know a Wexford game or the coverage that they do is sensational like it really is unbelievable for, for me it's always about the coverage is great and obviously having the cup final on RT is brilliant every year but it's for me seeing it, the young girls next generation I suppose knowing what's there for them if they continue to play um, and stay involved in their sport and the big thing for me now is obviously the coverage is great but it's getting as many people 
to the games, to Tolka, to the, the grounds around the league. Um, it's the next stage, definitely, and we're definitely on an up, you know, uphill slope in terms of that. And for me now, it's important just to, to keep growing that. Yeah, and the World Cup, obviously, next year is kind of hopefully this massive breakout crossover moment where the viewership goes from 300,000 to a million and everybody's mm. like around the telly because it's kind of perfect time. Saturday morning, everybody's going to be able to watch the games and then go out and play afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. I looked the first game against Australia and all this. How bad is it? Like, just like, you know, that's streamy stuff really for the women's game and as I've said because I think we've been at a tipping point the last few years for the women's game and now to qualify for that group of here and all was brilliant and you're hoping it feeds down into the league as well how I don't know but look you know you've the likes of Anya Abby Lark and Jesse Stapleton who are in around the squad that play in their league currently so yeah. you'd be hoping somehow it feeds into the league you know it has to right mm. it has to and we have to learn the lessons from Italian 19 yeah. and Euro 88 and go okay well what was the problem that, that didn't translate into sustained success at underage level or players coming through but um, yeah no, fingers crossed. Um, what were the celebrations like? They seemed to be pretty good. They were, yeah, they were very, <laughs> they were very good. As I said, we halted the the league just to one night this year, but um, yeah, Sunday night. Look, in fairness, the club did great stuff for us. They booked us into the Clayton Hotel. We had like obviously a little function room. Um, we stayed overnight at the hotel. We grew up, and uh, yeah, a few of us continued into Monday. But I mean, you give up. That's why you give up so much, isn't it? You know, we train three times a week. Play of a Saturday, you miss on so much. You know, nine, ten months of your life, really. And yeah. um, you know, to spend those two days together, just enjoying, I suppose, the celebration. As I said, you're fighting for two trophies when you start a league campaign and to finish the season with both. It'd be wrong not to celebrate it, really. Oh, 100 percent. And. Uh, Sorry, like you talked about the games being on TV, but a score a cup final goal as well when it's on TV is not a bad, not a bad yeah. feeling. I'd say. I actually keep forgetting that I scored. I was just so happy that we won, um, and I'm not, you know, <laughs> normally a goal scorer. But yeah, I keep forgetting that I actually scored. It's obviously nice, but look to go two and up. I think in terms of the game, we probably made our pressure count in the first half, and um, that was important for us. And look, the two goals weren't the prettiest goal you see but you don't really care once they go in the back of the net and in fairness that alone they were very good in the second half they came at us and I remember looking at a few of the girls you know 60 minutes we were kind of dead on our feet it was like the whole season it just hit us and you know you're so close to a double then and yeah. they're coming at you in the second half just look to come out on a, with a clean sheet then and to win 2-0 it's just yeah it's brilliant like yeah, it's dream stuff uh, congratulations thanks very much for joining yeah. us today best of luck with everything when does the new season training start again Is that has it even been announced um, no but January, February sometime you're, you're but I'm not even thinking about group. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot notifications off thanks very much <laughs> OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember effortless shave magnificent mode